What's going on, everyone? I hope you're having a fabulous day out there. You're listening to the, you know, Conservative Speaking Podcast. Basically, what we're doing here, I'm sitting here with Brian Thompson. And those of you guys who do not know Brian, he is a conservative Republican running for the 17th district, congressional district of Pittsburgh, or just around Pittsburgh, right? It's in Pennsylvania. Yeah, right. So it's the 17th congressional district. It's uh, Allegheny County and Beaver County. We're looking at north and west of Pittsburgh, the northern parts and the western parts of Allegheny County and all of Beaver County. Gotcha. And what we're trying to aim here, and for those of you guys who do not know me, my name is Jamison Sharp. I'm working with Brian on his campaign. And, uh, you know, we're just going to kick this thing off and talk about the issues of the day, things that matter. Because, look, let's face it, people out on the street, they want to bet. They're just trying to provide for their families. Right, Brian? Right. Look, the the idea is that um, people in the district, people around Pittsburgh, like all of us, I think, we're just trying to work hard and take care of our families and, and you know, having a direction for our lives and a purpose for our lives. And this is just to be a, to give you a quick snapshot of where we're at uh, in the news uh, from a conservative's perspective and make sure we address the issues that are here and local and uh, impact your lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the uh, conservative perspective, I think, gets uh, not enough attention in the liberal media. So that's uh, another reason why we're just kind of throwing this out there and see uh, who listens, because I think truth. Truth be told, you know, more conservative Republicans would like to have more media around their point of view. Absolutely. I think that um, hearing things that don't cause you to get infuriated while listening to the news Great. definitely helps. Mm-hmm. Look, it, I'm, I'm fact and data driven. I don't really like to have uh, 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 the nuances of trying to persuade me one way or the other let me have the facts let me have the data and allow me to make my own opinion Uh, a lot of what we're trying to do here is give you the facts give you the data and how it's going to affect your lives from a conservative perspective a perspective of individual liberty and freedom yeah free thinking absolutely you know uh, i think a, a lot of times the data and the real information gets left behind and is left to opinionated sources only and yeah, that's just a no go. Anyways, I don't know if I introduced myself or not. My name is Jameson, and uh, well, here we are, I guess. So, Brian, once you kick this thing off and tell us what we're going to cover today and some of the topics we're going to. Well, we want to we want to look at some of the things that are, are definitely here local uh, in the in the Pittsburgh area and in, in our district, but in the Pittsburgh area in general, but also some of the the topics that you know really caught our attention in the national media and things that uh, really strike a chord, I believe, with with what we're trying to do as far as, you know, freedoms and liberty and, and honestly just doing the right things. You know, we're talking about, we're talking about, you know, the things going on overseas, you know, the coronavirus and China and how it impacts us here in, in the Pittsburgh area. We're talking about uh, some of the things with President Trump and the tracking poll and how Mike Bloomberg is trying to attack him and what he's doing to try to persuade the American people to see things his way. Uh, We're looking at the deficit and where we're at right now, what the CBO report uh, says that just came out. You know, we also want to kind of touch on, on, you know, the economic development here in Pittsburgh and even so far as to talk about the impeachment trial and, you know, Judge Roberts' position on, uh, the whistleblower and 
the conservative argument from Rand Paul about whether or not uh, that name should be released, whether he should be pulled out, whether he's got protections. There, there's a lot to that. Now, I really would like to try and unpack that a little bit this morning. Yeah, so all things considered, this podcast is for the guy out there who's at work, likes to listen to radio, but not the liberal radio, would like to have the extra content. And the guy out there on his delivery runs in your district here, you're running for, I mean, this is content for you guys out there who are red conservatives and you want to know more. I mean, look, we're covering some of the daily news here. And that's what we're going to be really diving into and how it affects not only, you know, your daily life and what you're trying to do with your life, but also the future of this country. So let's get so let's get into it. So, I mean, one of the things that I wanted to, uh, I wanted to point out here is that there's a tracking poll that just came out, Microsoft tracking poll, uh, that's looking at where the support for the president is. And one thing I did notice is, yes, you know, since... Um, just before the Christmas time frame, President Trump's uh, support has been increasing. Um, right. At a fairly steady click. Uh, but one thing I also noticed on that was that the opposition to the president was declining at a higher rate than the support was going up. I see that as a positive thing to where normally you see in our divisive nature, uh, divisive uh, society we have currently right now uh, where the opposition is very equivalent to where the democratic position is that opposition is dropping off now whether that's independents turning to be more supportive of the president or even democrats becoming more supportive or at least not in opposition of what the president's doing so i see it as a win-win on the conservative side whether it's independents swaying to the the our our party platform or see what the president is doing that's beneficial to them, or it is uh, Democrats coming over. We just saw that in New Jersey, you know, uh, president uh, uh, supporting. Right, exactly. Supporting the representative and going from the Democratic Party to yeah. the Republican Party because he couldn't support what the Democrats were advocating, the, the socialism and the higher levels of control, the Green New Deal and all that. So, um even even one of the things that came out uh, in in the news yesterday was uh, Alan Dershowitz saying that right now we're in an era that's even more divisive than uh, McCarthyism, and I would put some credence behind that, considering the more liberal views that uh, Professor Dershowitz has, and I, you know he was alive then, so he he has some uh, some knowledge from yeah, that era, sure. and and today you know he. He has some good insight, and the way he sees this in light of his experiences in history, yeah, it's very divisive. And I, I am wholly for let's get some unity back into the United States of America. Yeah, I appreciate what you're saying there. Absolutely. Brian, why don't you tell us out there, for all the listeners, why you kind of decide to pick up the torch and run for Congress here outside the Pittsburgh area in Allegheny County and the 17th District, Beaver County, all that. Tell it, t- tell them listeners out there why. You know, honestly, I spent a, a career in the military. There's 24 years that I spent in the, in the military. Most of that is a Green Beret. I've been all over the world and uh, have been able to affect change, affect people, and, and have a dramatic impact, not just in my teams, not just in my family, 
uh, my children, my grandchildren, but also in, in other groups of people that I either work with, work for, uh, helping in their, in their situations. And, and this is just, um, it's a calling. It's an opportunity. I've spent my life positively impacting other people's lives sure, and, sure, and other absolutely. people. And, uh, when this was really you know, brought to my attention and it was revealed to me, look at the impact that you can make. Look at how many people that you can help even in their daily lives. You can make things different or, or better for them, whether it be in taxes, whether it be in, in uh, public policy, whatever it is, you can stand up and fight for the people in this district. You can make a difference in their lives. So having that presented before me and uh, the encouragement from those around me that aren't going to benefit from me running. Right. You know, these aren't people that are going to say that uh, I'm getting something out of you trying to get uh, in office. It's it's people that um, have very intimate knowledge of me saying, yes, that's a, a good direction. They know my heart. They know uh, how I think and how I feel and, and say that there's a, a great... A fit, and they could see that natural calling. They basically says, Brian, we believe in you. You would be an excellent, ad, not only advocate, but spokesman for the community. Why don't you run? Why don't you do that? I mean, it would be very good if you did that. So yeah, I, yeah, that's where you're going. And honestly, that. look, I, I, you know, I would, I would, uh, you know, my natural inclination would be to shy away from politics. It's, sure, it's, sure. You know, it's muckraking. It's throwing oh, mud at each other. God. It's people stabbing you in the mm -hmm. back. It's, it's, it's what we. Uh, <laughs> it's why we've got uh, probably less than thirty percent approval rating of Congress yeah. right now because you can't trust what you hear. You can't believe what your politicians are telling you. And and one of the things I want to come to, come to this position saying is that I'm going to tell you what I plan on doing and where my heart is and what my goal and vision is. And if you don't like it, don't vote for me. This is exactly what I want to do. I want to stand up for people's rights and liberties and give you the opportunity to choose the direction for your lives, to live your life without the, oh, I don't want to say the word oppression, but sure. almost without the, without the, the weight of the government on top of you sure, I to provide freedom for people. Look, you know, uh, maybe a lot of it comes from, um, from my training and I don't think it's from my training. <laughs> I think it's more the connection between who and what I am and, Absolutely. uh, the profiling that puts us into, uh, being considered for green berets and going through that evaluation. Um, it really is about, um, seeing people liberated from oppression so they can do things that uh, help themselves. Absolutely. You know, our, our motto is the oppressor libertas, to free the oppressed. Now, granted, the idea behind that was to do that in other countries. Right. But I think the same thing applies here. Absolutely. Look, if, if, if we are in a government or in a community where people aren't free to take care of their lives and take care of their families and be able to... Um, uh, lead the best life they can without being uh, controlled. Absolutely, let's do that. Let's help people help themselves and uh, help their neighbors as well. 
Absolutely. You know, a lot of people out there, they're not really political. They keep their thoughts to themselves while at work because they're incredibly afraid to being, of being attacked. And not only that, you know, look, I, I'll be straight with you and everybody out there. I was not a very big political guy up until maybe a year and a half ago. And it was, it was basically at the point where I had to take a position, draw a line in the sand and come out and say my political views. Okay. Because people around me in the community, well, we don't hear from you. We don't know what your views are. You're very neutral on things because I'm very agreeable. I'm, I didn't want to upset people and I was slightly afraid, but you know, I'm an old veteran just like you, Brian. There's a time when you got to say, hey, these are my views. It may, ne may not necessarily be the fear of it. You know, look, it's as a, uh, I don't want to say as a conservative, you're taught as a child to be respectful. I think all of us are taught to be respectful and, and polite as we're growing up. But um, I think that conservative view is that you maintain that level of respect and you want to, you know, give people their due rights and their independence and liberties. And you don't want to project what you see so. and feel mm -hmm. and believe onto somebody else. You don't want to cause somebody else to have to accommodate what you think and feel. And I, and I think that's uh, where you get people that are maybe not reluctant, but they just, you know, keep it to themselves. They look at other people and they're more altruistic than they are sure, selfish. Sure. They don't I want to that. drive their their ideology and their opinions onto somebody else. I'm sure people out there would agree completely with that statement and those thoughts. So, you know, we're moving on here. And you know what? I think there's a good segue. We'll talk about somebody who's trying to drive their opinion oh, and drive man. their thoughts and their ideology into the hearts and minds of everybody in this nation. Uh, you know, we've seen uh, Mike Bloomberg coming out mm. uh, <laughs> here lately as a Democratic presidential candidate and it seems as though he is trying to do what he's done in, in New York and by the election by just yeah. overwhelming the airwaves and the media with his message. Yeah. Uh, you can't you can't log on to a web page, you can't watch TV, you can't see a, a presentation that has ads without seeing Mike Bloomberg because yeah. he's bought up ad space everywhere. I mean, so far, uh, I know he's spent over $200 million on on advertising, and he's he's pledged to spend two billion dollars to remove President Trump from office. You know why he's doing all this, right? He wants to take the actual space away from, you know, the conservatives and Trump during the presidential election to try to compete for the election. As far as uh, drowning Trump out and taking the space away, and trying to buy the influence. It is. It's it, it's, it necessarily is a an 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 effort to buy an election or or to economically deny an election and nobody's really you know nobody's really following his message people are actually out there uh, you know they're somewhat repulsed by the fact of uh, his very progressive liberal ideology well here's here's the way I see it and and I understand economic warfare and I, sure, I understand sure. it completely, but um, I don't know that it translates to the people on the street, the people that go into work eight hours a day, that completely. try to get that overtime to make ends meet or get a little bit ahead, you know, because 
you're looking at somebody who's willing to pledge two billion dollars just to try and change an election to try and sway you to change your vote. Mm-hmm. That is a form of oppression. Oh that's, yeah. That's manipulation at its uh, true form. You know, they're tr- he's trying to manipulate you to change your vote. Uh, the the common American citizen and and is very disingenuous. Uh, it's being very disingenuous to the the people out there. I agree completely. Now I will say that uh, he's making this all politically correct, and he's not really, you know, looking at the real problems in the communities. He's just trying to use the space as a platform, maybe, just to increase his own brand name. Quite possible. Yeah, I mean, if nothing else, you're you're seeing Mike Bloomberg's face more and more. You're hearing his uh, ideology, and you're hearing him um, come against come against and and. Um, make statements against the president. Yeah, speaking about the president, you know, there's a Microsoft tracking poll that just came out, and it says a lot of the uh, opposition or, you know, people who have not in history supported the president or been against the president are now going neutral instead of, uh, you know, being against the president. Can you, can you tell us more about that? Yeah, a little bit. We can... We can, we can uh review that a little bit because we were talking about uh, where the people that um, are maybe neutral, maybe they're independents, maybe they're Democrats, you're seeing the, the opposition to the president drop down faster, even though he's gaining more support, you're right. also seeing right. the, the opposition drop down. So yeah, it's, it's a win-win on both sides for the president. Absolutely. At least from what our Microsoft tracking poll is showing us. Um, you know, honestly, I think it was, yeah, most evident in, in the New Jersey um, rallied the president had just a few days ago because, right. you know, when you register to go to the rallies, you have to get uh, tickets, you have to sign up online. And when you do that, they collect some demographics. They see if you're a Republican, they see if you're a Democrat, they see if you're an independent, uh, they see if you voted last time. And, and granted, it's all voluntary, but uh-huh. it's it's very clear-cut questions. And uh, in, in New Jersey the people that were attending the rally, over 20% were, were stated, stated Democrats. Oh, they were Democrats. Not yes. Okay. okay. And over 15, uh, 12 to 15, I'm, I'm trying to remember the numbers because it's not sitting in front of me, 12 to 15% didn't vote last yeah, election. I believe so, that, yeah. So, yeah, we're seeing a lot of, um, a lot of change, a lot of shift in the support and the backing for President Trump. Which I think it will continue, especially through through the impeachment process and how um, how that's going and, and all the attacks and the smear campaign, whether it be Mike Bloomberg trying to do it or, you know, uh, what we see going on uh, in the news with this last week of occupying, occupying the... the Senate in the Capitol building of running through this uh, oh impeachment sham uh, impeachment case it's trial a sham trial yeah sure. yeah uh, I mean so much that uh, you know, look Jameson you and I have both spent a considerable amount of time in, in government and military service and and there are good reasons to have uh, uh, protections for whistleblowers I completely I mean sure. I have seen it I've seen abuse of power in, on the military. I've seen people that have, uh, 
you know, very toxic leadership environments. Hmm. Having whistleblower protections allows somebody to seek resolution and having protection from reciprocity. Great, needs to be there. But anytime I ever saw it or had to deal with it, it was the person that was affected that got to, you know, make that claim of, hey, I'm a whistleblower, I need to be protected. Uh-huh. What they're saying now, and, and what I really have a problem with, an issue with, is Judge Roberts saying that the whistleblower needs that protection but. based on a policy that was changed right before the whistleblower made the statements that allows the whistleblower to be protected, even though the information's hearsay. Right. So it's second and third party. I didn't see it. I wasn't involved. Somebody told me about it, mm-hmm. and I'm going to make a whistleblower complaint. It doesn't. It doesn't stand up in law. It doesn't stand up in, in court. Yes. It shouldn't stand up here, by my opinion. I've never seen it done that way. My personal opinion is that it is, it is intentionally done to manipulate the, the laws and change the policy so that this impeachment can go forward. I think so, this has been planned. It's collusion, <laughs> a conspiracy, so, without trying to be a conspiracy theorist. Just for an example purposes, what we're talking about here is equated down to a digestible level. It's like Tommy at the middle school going above the president to the school board and saying, hey, little Sally told me that uh, the principal and the teachers in the school are talking out of school. Is that a good example? Kind of something like that, absolutely. I mean, you've you've got... um... You've got somebody who heard somebody say that they were threatened. Sure. You know, you're, you're in school and somebody says, hey, this person said they're going to beat me up. Mm-hmm. And you go to the principal and you say, hey, you know, Joe said Frank is going to beat him up. Right. I get that, and maybe that needs to happen, but you, being a second party of this, being yeah. outside of the actual engagement, aren't the one that needs to be protected. Right, right. You're outside of it. Sure. So there's no reason that this supposed whistleblower, who's not a whistleblower, no. he's just uh, uh, somebody who's making a statement about something he heard. Right. I got it. You're reporting on something you heard. Let's prove it. Let's see if it's real. Right. But you're not obligated to have whistleblower protections. And I think where Rand Paul, uh, Senator Rand Paul is wanting to name the whistleblower is has every right to do that. This, uh, this person of interest is called a whistleblower, known as a whistleblower, should not be held in any whistleblower protections. So I appreciate those thoughts. I really do. You know, it's a unique perspective, and I think a lot of people share that perspective on the uh, the right side of, uh, you know, of our border there. Um, moving on here, Crystal Biotech in, this, in, in, the, in the Pittsburgh area. Well, you know, look, we, can, we can talk about a lot of the, uh, the economic stuff, absolutely, because, you know, for here locally, we've got some positive news economically for uh, our, our national level, our economy is doing well, but as a whole, financially and and where we're at uh, as far as um, our budget and our deficit, it's not such good news. So, you know, yeah, we, we've heard recent news of the Crystal Biotech is 
you know, breaking ground and starting their, their building their new facility, uh, their 100,000 square foot facility for uh, a topical uh, genetic treatment. Um, so application uh, uh, drug that they're developing, which is phenomenal. So what, what does Crystal Biotech do? They're like a, uh, they solve medical mysteries, right? Or? Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a pharmaceutical company, a biotechnical company that uh, is um, taking taking on the challenges. Well, they're doing R and D and they're manufacturing. So, Excellent. so their facility here is going to be doing everything from the R and D, the development, the creation of the product, and the manufacturing. So it's all the way through the process is going to be here. That's see, excellent. The biggest thing is that we're taking, or the idea is that they're showing us that you can take an area that is known for uh, technical innovation and not just innovate here, because we have the, the, the universities, we have the, the innovation here sure. in the Pittsburgh area, but you don't have to stop there, you don't have to go somewhere else for development and commercialization. Those resources are here too. There's no reason to have to ship it somewhere else and to move the idea to another area for uh, further development and seeing it go to market. We can do it right here in the Pittsburgh area. Excellent. And, you know, how is this, them putting a facility in your district, how is that going to help the people out here? That, I mean, that's what people are going to ask. Well, I get it. And, and you know, the majority of the jobs that we have are, are small and medium-sized industries. So... We're looking at seventy employees. Not huge, nope. not at all. But they project. But those are seventy. Those are seventy jobs. Mm -hmm. And we also have the 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 support uh, employment going on. We've got the contractors. We've got the um, maintenance personnel. We've sure. got the uh, support for the technical support going on within the facility. You know, if they've got seventy employees, they probably don't have their own IT company. Sure. Their their internal IT supports. So they've got a outsource that they've got to outsource a lot of their support the requirements that they need to operate so, so yeah they've got seven jobs but they're also yeah. creating that uh, requirement and the opportunity for for increased employment look these are revenues for the area right and those revenues get spent in this area in the local economy so it's created more jobs than just the 70 we're talking about here. Oh, absolutely it is. It's a, it's a complete network that's uh, spreading in the economy itself. Now we're talking about the economy. We've got to talk about the national economy here. Oh, boy. The, the CBO, the Congressional Budget Office, just came out with a projection that, um, you know, I was talking earlier about, yeah, we don't need to be afraid. We don't really need to be fearful. This kind of kind of uh, makes me step back and, and have some concern. Oh, you should we're, absolutely. We're, we're looking at uh, our, our budget deficits year after year, year on year, without having some major changes in how we spend money at the federal level. They're projecting we're going to have trillion dollar deficits indefinitely. That's the word they use is indefinite Def deficits wow. at a trillion dollars or more yearly that's incredible we cannot that's not sustainable do that. no it's not sustainable if we're at 24 trillion dollars in in debt right now mm -hmm. our 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 economy we cannot handle it it's threatening uh, the entire 
United States government. It's threatening our way of life. And, well, there's a lot of worry there. And, you know, from, from my very, very conservative viewpoint, if, if our families have to balance checkbooks mm. and we can't just carry credit and keep it growing and growing and growing, um, you know, as a, you know, dealing with business, business owners, you can't do that. No. You can't, you can't sustain operations by just going out and borrowing more and more and more money, going deeper and deeper and deeper in debt. Right. So there's should not happen at the federal level. Even the states cannot do that. States can't sit there and borrow and borrow and borrow more money. And that's the problem we've been seeing with California and why it's defaulted. Correct. Mm-hmm. Or, or Greece. Or, yeah, and we've seen this, um, you know, in our territories in Puerto Rico. Right. I mean, we're looking at, granted, there were $78 billion that they defaulted on. But look at where we're at. We're talking about trillions. Trillions of And dollars. a trillion dollars a year. See, guys. In increased deficit, increased the, debt. The guys out there driving the trucks, you know, out there in construction work on the roads. I mean, these numbers are so large that it doesn't even compute. And, you know, I, I get it. Look, you can only do what you can do. And only, maybe you didn't go to college. Maybe you don't understand this high-level finance uh, in the government. I mean, this is a pretty simple, uh, how can I say, description of how the deficit could affect our lives. But what I'm trying to say here is not everybody understands these numbers and how detrimental it could be to our future. I mean, this is... Well, how it applies to us, and I think that's maybe maybe something we should really maybe not get too in-depth into, but at least make the relation, is that uh, on a global scale, you know, if uh, we keep printing dollars, if we keep devaluing the U.S. dollar, um, what you're making right now ends up being able not being able to buy you near as much you've right. got uh yeah we've been seeing you have that. you have inflation going on exactly um whereas on a global marketplace right now the dollar is super strong mm-hmm. and i understand the reasons the for trade rates. the interest interest in trade and having a, a weaker dollar but at the family level at your personal level sure absolutely. let's make sure Especially. that um your dollar goes as far as you as far as it can and yeah you see um if we were to get to a point where um, the U.S. government as a whole uh, sees a default on 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 being able to pay our interest on our outstanding debt, then yeah, you'll see a dramatic change in uh, in interest rates and a dramatic change across the board with um, jobs and manufacturing and and the lot because our economy will take a strong, strong downturn. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it's a really deep subject. It's really fascinating to go into. Uh, there are no easy answers there. But I was thinking, there's something else going on in Pittsburgh. Well, and one who- thing one thing I was talking, one thing we're thinking about at, on the global economy, global economic scale, and, and we've seen this, although it benefits us positively as we see gas prices kind of go down a little bit, in the commodity market where oil prices are going down because of the coronavirus in China. You know, oh, the yes. the outbreak of the coronavirus 
because it's having such a broad impact in China and they're having to quarantine so many people, manufacturing in certain areas of China are having to shut down. You've got right. cities that are in quarantine where right. people can't go to work because they're, they've got a great concern of a, a broader pandemic than they already have. Exactly. Um, so it's really got a huge impact on our global economy and the how it's uh, even impacting us here in Pittsburgh. You know, oh, you know, yeah. PPG has a, a manufacturing facility in Wuhan, right. which is the you know epicenter of of the coronavirus pandemic. Um, so, I mean, there's a local connection here. There, there's a local connection. There's another local connection with brother's brother, and, and I know, I know, Ozzy. Uh, Samar, he and I have spoken about Brothers to Bro Brothers Brother uh, Foundation and the work they've been doing in Africa with uh, logistics of uh, medical supplies and such for for helping people in need in, in Africa. And here you're seeing where they're reaching out for an area that's in dire need, and mm -hmm. they're they're providing aid to to the Wuhan province in China. So. You know, that's our, our, our local Pittsburgh connection with what's going on on the other side of the world so, and, and trying to combat it so that we don't have to fight the pandemic here, hopefully. Sure. It, it, it affects across the world. Across the world. This, this is far-reaching, you know, because so, everything in today's day and age is so connected. So no matter where you go, you're going to have a connection somewhere. And it, it affects people's lives it does i mean it, it affects us uh, at a familial level you know it affects our children it affects our, our our siblings our parents we have to think about the connections especially with you know, how uh small the world has gotten you know we've got people that are traveling all over the world for for work we've got uh, our, our goods and services and products you know impacting the world in in the world marketplace and the world economy so um, it's something we have to pay attention to and be careful of. I agree. That's, that's a very interesting point you made there. Well, I think that's going to wrap things up. You know, we've made some interesting points. We've talked about some interesting subjects and topics. We talked about a little bit by uh, Mr. Thompson here. He's running for Congress in the 17th District of Pennsylvania in western Pennsylvania. And, uh, you know, that's going to conclude our little day, daytime talk show here. And, uh, hey, we encourage you guys out there not only to listen in on Twitter, but this is going to be across Anchor, you know, radio websites out there. It's going to be on YouTube. So check back in daily to get your dose of a uh, daily conservative uh, Republican talk. I mean, join us daily. Yeah, here's some conservatively speaking. Absolutely. Hey, we appreciate you listening, and I guess until next time, until tomorrow, we'll see you later.